Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Touchdown Denver. Uh, I'm George Stoya, your host, alongside your other host, Nick Ferguson. Nick, it's snowing outside. It's uh, yeah. which you'll hear. You'll hear, of course, on my audio, the uh, like plows or sand. I guess it's the sand truck, whatever it is. You know, it's really loud and it goes by like every like ten minutes. So, uh, but uh, I was not. I was not expecting to wake up to some snow this morning. No, no, neither, neither was I. I mean, I looked at the forecast uh, yesterday and it said that we were supposed to get snow on Thursday. The high was going to be 28 and the 10 and 10 was going to be the low. But I guess uh, Mother Nature in the mountains had uh, a different plan. So uh, you know how this works, George. Those mountains, when they get angry, and maybe the reason we got this early snow was because they're angry about what's going on with the Broncos. Yeah, they're like, oh, the Broncos stink, so we're going to send them snow <laughs> in uh, early November here. Um, I know for me, though, I'm not going to do anything today. Now that it's snowing outside, that's just like an automatic, okay, I'm checked out for the day. I'm not going to work. That's my favorite snow day activity is just saying, okay, I guess I'm just not going to uh, do anything. I guess it's because I, I grew up in Oklahoma where we rarely got snow. And when we did, like everything got canceled because no one knows how to deal with snow there. So like school would just be out. You'd be out of school for like weeks because it's like, <laughs> Oh, we don't know. We don't know how to handle you know, three inches of snow. Whereas here it's like, no, you still have, you know, a life to go do. And they handle it well here. Like everybody's prepared for snow. Well, I wouldn't really say everyone's prepared because George, you know how this works just because, you know, the snow plows and, it's thought of that everyone here in Denver should be used to the snow and knows how to drive in the snow. It's just like when it rains or there's snow, people usually are supposed to adhere to kind of the weather conditions, but we know that doesn't work. That means speed up for some people. So not everyone adheres to uh, the snow weather conditions. So if you were to go outside, which it doesn't sound like you're going to, just make sure that you are paying attention to the other guys because most likely they're not paying attention to you. Yeah, I'm actually a really good driver in the snow. I'm just a I'm just a good driver all around, uh, Nick. So I I'm not too concerned. But yeah, you probably won't find me outside today. I think I'm gonna hang out at home and just relax, maybe get some work done. I know we have a lot to talk about, Nick. We've been we spent the first three minutes here talking about snow, but uh, I feel like we I, I know we covered quite a few bases the other day about the game, but um, you know, there's still so much to talk about this Broncos team. They're such an, an, an interesting team in, in, in the sense that there's still eight games left, right? Um, still a lot to play for. And I thought it was interesting yesterday. I don't know if you got to listen to Nathaniel Hackett's uh, Monday press conference, Nick, but, um, you know, he was kind of asked about his job security a little bit, uh, his, his thoughts, you know, going into these final eight games, what he wants to do as a head coach, what they can do better as a team. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, I've learned in, in this profession, you're coaching for your job every day. Uh, Cause the question was thrown out there. Do you think you're coaching for your job on Sunday against the Raiders? So uh, what did you maybe think or, or take away from Hackett's press conference on Monday? Well, for me, it's just like at this stage of the game, what more can we expect for him to stand up there 
and, and say in regards to how uh, the offense isn't performing and his job security, those are going to be the two uh, questions that are going to be asked from here on out. Because even if the Broncos were to string up a couple of games together, is it enough to kind of like really save his job or even have people to kind of not ask that question? So it is something that's going to be continued to be asked because his team is uh, underperformed. But for, for Hackett, the, the thing that I guess, you know, fans and we in the media would love to hear him say is, once again, not just the fact of, okay, well, we need to clean this up. We need to do this. We need to do that. Yeah, those things are obvious. Those things are known. If you're watching the game and you have any type of uh, brain in your head, you can see these things. So we want him to, to give us answers as to how. Now, that doesn't mean giving us a peek into the playbook, but give us a, a little more security that, hey, these things are going to change. You know, you notice that things have uh, been this way for 11 weeks in the NFL season. What are you going to do? What is your plan of changing these things? And I think, you know, when you talk to most of the fans and all you have to do is go to social media or even just kind of walk out, you know, from, from wherever you live and go to the supermarket, a gas station, and they're asking these questions like, okay, the Broncos had two weeks, and if that offensive performance was the best that we can do after two weeks, we know where the rest of the season is going to wind up. So if you're in that thing, you hack it, I mean, you now you got to pull out everything, things that you wrote on a napkin, you know, 14 years ago or two or, or, or last year sometime. You now have to dig deep into the crates and try to pull up any and everything that you can. And here's what I would say. I mean, at first, when you look at Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, Luke Gassie was not doing a, a great job offensively. And granted, they didn't really have a lot of weapons outside. But look his, what happened over the past couple of weeks, and we've seen Justin Fields definitely light things up in the air and on the ground. And Cole Komet, are you telling me Cole Komet is a better tight end than Greg Dosage right now? I know he has more experience, but when you just look at the pure skill set, there's no comparison. So why is he receiving more catches in the Bears' offense than Greg Dosage is receiving in the Broncos' offense? It's a good question, Nick. Um I'm not sure anybody has the answer to it. Uh, at least that's been my biggest thing is it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of answers being thrown out there. Uh, and, and if they had the answer, I think they'd be playing better. Right. Um, but <clears throat> Hackett doesn't seem to have the answers right now. I did want to ask you, Nick, cause we talked about this a little bit off the air, uh, you know, after last, the last podcast, uh, would you want to be head coach of a team uh, someday? And uh, what would maybe be if, – if, if they called you up tomorrow, you know, pulled a Jeff Saturday and the Colts here, and they called up Nick Ferguson, what would be your message to this team uh, this season and trying to turn this thing around with eight games left? Well, first of all, if that, would, if, uh, that happened, of course, uh, I would welcome that call, and I would say, so long, George Storia. No, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but basically my message would be uh, to the team is that, look, I've been on teams where, you know, things have looked bleak, just like the this, this struggling situation that the Broncos are in. And we can whine and we can complain. We can look to point the finger, but we have to galvanize in that room and come together. So when we look at practice, we're not just going to change the practice schedule. Let's change how we actually practice. And what I mean by that, and I know at this stage of the game, when we look at where the season is, because the Broncos have some injuries, 
now you're not doing a lot of uh, things where, where, you know, like back in my time, my time, it was nine on seven. You're doing one-on-ones. You're doing a, a real, a real competitive uh, red zone uh, period. So, to me, I would try to get back to some of those things. And I know these guys now, they may not be used to that, right? Because they may not have gone through that, but now we have to start practicing some of the same things that we're going to do in the game. We have to practice the same way that we expect to play in the game. I want every guy running or jogging full speed. Well, I won't say full speed, but I want every guy jogging from drill to drill. No walking, right? No one's walking. And that builds that 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 kind of sense of urgency in every single guy. And we're going to practice, you know, real game situation. If time is running out, we need a, uh, a kick or field goal. Now we want to rush our field goal team out there and we want to try to kick that field goal with no time on the clock. So the idea would, would be, trying to create a sense of urgency in the group and be real with them. Hey, there's 24 guys on this roster who are unrestricted free agents, right? That means that you are independent contractors. And at the end of the year, you can choose to go anywhere you want to go. But right now we are evaluating every single person in this room and on the coaching staff. That's what we're going to do. And apparently if I'm here, then that means that the players and the coaches who are currently here did not do their job effectively, right? So I'm not saying that to insult anyone, but I'm just saying as though there has to be a sense of urgency created because when you look at what football is, that's what it is, 24-7, sense of urgency. And if you don't get your job done, then you get gone, simply put. Was that, was think, that, that a little too harsh? No, no, I think I think it's what needs to be said because I was just about to ask you, Nick, do you think this team, this Broncos team currently has that sense of urgency? Because I don't, I'm not sure they do. No, no, they, they they don't. Now, once again, let's go back to the 80-20 rule. You may have 80 guys who may have that and 20 guys who don't. And sometimes if you allow that 20% to kind of infiltrate that 80%, now they're starting to change the minds of other players. And then you have this conflict in the locker room where you have things divided and guys are not playing together. And we've heard that before. We heard Brett Rippon say that before after the Jets game. And, I mean, Russell kind of alluded to it, but not not too much. But that might be something that's going on. But that divide may not be created because of the players. And that divide might be might have been created, George, because some of that, that 20%, they don't agree with the coaches. Correct. I, I mean, I think that's part of the issue right now, Nick, is you've got – too many. You've got a, a, a group of guys that are probably bought in, right? Like you said, um, 80, 20, somewhere in there, you know, 70, 30, something like that. Uh, but it, it's you got to have everybody. And it, and it's I'm talking all the way into the practice squad. Right. Uh, have to be bought into what you're trying to do. And, and, and that's the problem is I don't know if the message is getting getting through right now. So uh, going to be interesting to see how Hackett figures it out. I know I wouldn't want to be a head coach, Nick. Um I said that the other day, and you, you, you're like, what do you mean you don't want to be a head coach? And I was like, well, that's a lot of pressure, man. I don't know if I can handle that pressure. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on the thing. Like, I think I'd rather just get his paycheck and do something else, you know, that doesn't have as much pressure. Hold on, George. <clears throat> you, okay, you want the money, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't want the pressure. See, see, they, they go kind of go hand in hand, right? If you take a head coaching job, I mean, everyone's now looking at you, right, as being the person you're constantly at the podium, and there's money that comes along with it. 
So you just want the money and not the job. Correct. I mean, explain this form of thinking because I, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, Nick, I, I don't think I would want to have that sort of pressure on me. And, and the thing is, Nick, they get paid millions of dollars. I could just win. What I'm saying is like, why not just like win the lottery uh, and have all the money and not have to have that kind of pressure. Now I will say, I think I'd be really good with the media. I think I'd be really good at the press conferences, but you know, the pressure that comes with being a head coach, I mean, this hack it. There's a chance he gets fired in one year. Like that, that's a lot of pressure, man. I don't know if I could do that. That's the pressure associated with the job. So you just want to be the guy who goes to the podium. If that's the case, you might as well join the Broncos media crew. Now you're not going to get paid as much uh, money as well, that's my job. And well, I like then, it. But then, then you are now Patrick Smythe then, right? So that's fun. Okay. I like Patrick Smythe. All right. So, so, so you, well, you're not going to get paid as much as, as Hackett. So if, if you're cool with that, then take it. But I, I say, look, once again, you're standing up there, you're running a team and Hey, if you're able to turn this team around and they think you hack it, just think about it. I mean, now you like the comeback coach of the year in uh, 2022, right? So, so for me, it's like, look, I accept that type of pressure, right? It's not, it's not just the money. The money is great, but accepting that type of pressure. Think about some of the great coaches who have coached this game, not just here in Denver, but just period, Bill Belichick, right? You can even talk Greg Popovich uh, in the NBA, you know, those guys welcome that type of pressure and they know how to, or, or they have developed ways to adjust to that type of pressure. But I just think it's, it's wild that you want the money, but you don't want the pressure. I think a lot of people would say that. Uh, and maybe it's because, you know, Nick, I, in high school, I coached uh, the, uh, the powder puff team all four years. I was the, uh, the coach of the girls powder puff team and we lost every single year. We never won a game. Uh, and so I think I just how did that feel? Awful. That's why I'm, that's why I don't want to be a coach anymore. I was like, well, I, I'm not very good at this. Uh, but also it was the player's fault. They weren't any good. Uh, and I, wait, 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 wait. I told him that too. I told a girl, I said, you're not any good. And she cried. And I said, you guys are terrible. And that's why we lost. We just didn't have very good athletes. What type of person are you? Right. I don't even know you anymore. Here it is. You're coaching. Powder puff. You said four years. I mean, yep. what kind of drills were you doing to prepare them? So it wasn't the girls. It was you. No, it was. It was the girls. Was Everybody it? will tell you that they, we played every year we played because uh, it was like, you know, freshmen play sophomores, juniors play seniors, you know, that kind of thing. The classes that we had to play had girls that were going to go play like division one soccer at Notre Dame. Like I'm not even kidding. And we had girls that like weren't even on any of the varsity teams. And so we clearly had uh, not as not as much talent because I was coaching my butt off, Nick. I was drawing up plays. I was I was uh, I was running tough drills. We, these girls were running gassers. I mean, we were we were all in on this sucker, man. I had I had other coaches, too. They would back me up on this. I'm telling you the the girls, we didn't have a quarterback. We couldn't throw the ball. That was part of the problem. Where they had this one girl, she was she had a cannon, Nick. She had a cannon for an arm. She could have been the starting the starting quarterback for the football team. But uh, it, just, oh it well. just seemed like you were a terrible coach and offensive coordinator because you realized that she could not throw, right? Now the idea is to find someone else in that school that could throw, and then you change your offense if you still couldn't find it's a small school, Nick. We couldn't we couldn't get we couldn't get enough girls out there. It's it, you know what? 
this is this is beside the point. All I'm saying is I wasn't a very good coach. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the right. Broncos, the Broncos so should not the hire me. Yeah, that's the, the Broncos... reason why you would do that. You, you're exactly. not a good coach. Exactly. Well, Nick, we got to take a break, uh, and then we will jump into some more stuff about this offense, maybe how we think we can fix it or how how they can fix it. Uh, and also, Nick, uh, just recently they just dropped out the uh, Pro Bowl voting and wanted to get your thoughts on maybe some guys that you'd like to see the Pro Bowl this year for the Broncos. So let's take a quick break and we'll ju- jump into that stuff. 